0: Praise the Lord. Uh, well, uh, the title of this week's message is Thirsty. And um, I'm very excited about this message. It's a continuation of our series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, man, what a, great, what a great series. I don't know if you have enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? I have very much enjoyed it. And um, you don't have to raise your hand. But uh, just answer to yourself, like, who did their homework this last week and read their verse. And uh, I will, uh, uh, okay, even more so, who got on Twitter or Facebook and found it? (laughs) Praise the Lord. So we'll start with that verse. That was our homework assignment for last week. That is uh, Psalms chapter 107, verse 9. Psalms 107, verse 9. Praise God. Let's pray as we uh, turn to the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you plant your word in our hearts. Father, we treasure it in our hearts that we might not miss you, that we might not sin against you, Father, but that we might follow you, that we might have life from you and understanding. Father, we thank you for your anointing this morning. We thank you for your words to speak. And Father, I pray for every one of us that we would have your vision, your understanding, that a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you and of your word would be tangible and manifest in our lives as we turn to you and as we turn to your word. Father, we thank you for it. We plead the precious blood of Jesus over everything that concerns us, over our hearts and our minds and our bodies and our families and our affections. Father, we thank you for his blood. May what his blood has accomplished and bought for us be ours right here today in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. He has set us up, uh, and he set us in a, a good place, in a high place, far above all principality and power and might and dominion. That's King James. So above every force of the enemy, every force of darkness, every lie of the enemy, it doesn't matter where it comes from or who it comes through, we're actually seated above because he seated us with Christ Jesus, at his own right hand. Do you know that the right hand of God is the place of authority? And it's the place of highest authority and highest dominion and highest rule. And that's where he put Christ. And he said, I'll put you up there with him. And so sometimes we have things that come in our lives that we expect and things we don't expect. And we're wondering, like, what's going on? And we think, well, I'm, I'm like under this thing. Well, no, read Ephesians. He has given us everything, every spiritual gift, and he has actually placed us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So you could look at your life, and sometimes it helps this way, and you could say, like, uh, I feel like I'm not a match for this. I feel like this, this can't do this. You know, you hear the words I'm saying, but those thoughts come to me too. Like, I feel, I feel, I feel. Well, we're not moved by what we feel. We're moved by what we believe. But it doesn't mean feelings don't come. So we look at the feelings. Well, I feel this, I feel that. Well, you realize if we look and we see like, do you think Jesus would feel like that if he was going through that? Well, maybe the same feeling would come, but what would he do? How would he respond to it? Because he was tempted in every point, just like you are, just like I am. Every single point. So if you have a point of temptation and you think, I must be a terrible person because I have this temptation. No, that actually means that the devil knows that you're a threat. Mm-hmm. And it means that you live in a fallen world. Yeah. And so, but then you look and you say, wait a minute. Jesus, he overcame this very thing. Yeah. Jesus conquered this very thing. And he didn't do it for himself. He did it for you and for me. The whole reason he came was for you and for me. And um, Uh, really to set us free. And so when we look and we realize we are seated in heavenly places with him, then it sets us free because we can say, you know, I'm not looking uh, from below up. I'm not under. You're not under the curse. You're not under the dominion or rule or ideas of the devil. We're not under his plans and his schemes. We're not subject to his plans and his schemes unless we take them. What does that mean? Well, you've got a lot of uh, voices in the world. Everyone has significance. And a voice may come and say, like, uh, you're going to lose your job. You're going to have lack. You're probably going to go on unemployment. You're probably not going to make it. You-, you might end up homeless. I-, I'm not, I mean, I've had that thought come to my mind before. And it, you know, if you know me, you know I can be a thinker. And so, uh, every like natural thing that you have can be used for your detriment or for your good. So I could meditate on those thoughts, or I can meditate on the word, because I think a lot. So if I think a lot on the word, man, you got like some. Tangib- tangibility. Is that a word? You've got all this tangibleness. I can't think the right word, but it's substance. Like Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I start to think on the word. I start to speak the word and turn the word over. And all of a sudden I've got something that, I mean, you can't really see it right now, but you could, you could feel it. Like I could feel it. I know it's there. Yeah. Amen. It's an unseen force, an unseen reality that's right there that I carry with me. Brother, I mean, I'm like, I've got the word of God, and it is solid ground to step out on. And, you know, I'm 41 years old, so I'm still pretty young. But the little that I am learning is that, man, the things of this world change. The people of this world change. You, you can't always count on them. But you can always count on him. You can always count on his word. His word will never change, and he will never fail you. Never, and in fact, uh, this morning on the way to church, I was talking with my kids, and I don't, you know, we got to talking about Acts chapter three and cha- two, three and four, and uh, uh, I don't remember how I got to this point, but we were just talking, and I said, uh, you know what? The Bible really tells us that God cannot lie, and it even tells us that if God did lie, the earth would cease to exist. I said to them, and we're driving along, and I said, so can you see the earth still? And they laughed, and they said, yeah. And I said, well, you know God has not lied. He will not lie. And really, we know that his word, his word will remain. Psalm chapter 107, verse 9. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. The title of our message today is Thirsty. Are you thirsty? Actually, I actually am a little thirsty. <laughs> so, so what happens? I didn't do that for illustration. It just happened. And so what happens? Well, you start to get parched, right? And it can get difficult to speak and difficult to talk. And the longer you go and you're thirsty and you don't have a drink, the more you're starting to think about a drink and you're thinking about where can I get this drink? And if you've ever been like driving and you're on an interstate and it's a long way between um, stops and uh, uh, I had water when I was driving through Utah with the truck. I'm so glad because their, their stops are like hundreds of miles in between. <laughs> There's no place to get water. And um, but you start to have this yearning and you start to have this desire and when you don't get it, it actually starts to affect you. Yeah. And uh, I, I like to jog, and so even yesterday, I went for a jog, and I didn't drink enough water right away. So what happened? Well, uh, I begin to get a tinge of a headache. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, no, I'm not having this in Jesus' name, but that's not all I did. <laughs> I drank water yeah. Yeah. because I was thirsty. Yeah. And so... He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. And so we said last week, if you'll take that for the next seven days and read that, but don't just read it with all the faith you can muster up, with all the belief you can muster up, with all the passion you can muster up, you declare that and you say that and you plant that seed into your life. Because I could say, he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Or I could say, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. He fills me with good things. He satisfies my soul, and I long for him, and he always fills me. And you realize, as you begin to say that, I mean, that, that verse is like uh, burning in my heart. Yes. He satisfies the longing soul. And I realize the more I read that verse, the more I meditate on that verse, the more that hunger comes, the more that thirst comes. So I want to read uh, Psalms 63, a very uh, complimentary psalm. Uh, to Psalms uh, 107, verse 9. Verse 1, Psalm 63, verse 1. O God, you are or thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. My soul thirsts for thee. My flesh longs for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. Uh, can, you, can you hear his cry? Can you hear his heart cry? And I, you know, I started this series by uh, telling my testimony of when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I had been, I grew up in a Christian home, accepted Christ at a young age, and uh, I got to be about um, 20 years old. And I was in the military, had actually been stationed here for a couple years, and then got stationed in Georgia, and went down to Georgia And when I came here, I I couldn't find, well, I didn't find, I should say, uh, a church that I could connect with. I went to a a church that was of the denomination I was a part of, and the people were nice, but it was just, I don't know how to explain it, but it felt like dead. There wasn't a lot there. Um, It wasn't like uh, the size of the church or anything like that. It was just there just wasn't that life or something there. And um, so I actually moved to Georgia. I requested orders to go to Georgia because I had visited my friends down there and they had this excellent church. And so I went down there uh, for that. And uh, I moved down there. I started going to this church. And uh, they weren't a church that uh, they weren't against being filled with the Spirit, but they didn't understand it and so they didn't teach it. But there was a hunger and there was a thirst in my heart and in my soul, and I'm like, a, I, don't, I cannot explain this, but I know there's more. There's something more. I need to have the more. There's, there's something more, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for what I have. I'm thankful that I'm on my way to heaven. I'm thankful that, that I don't have to go to hell, but that I'm on the way to heaven, and uh, I could sense the move of the Spirit. People get saved there all the time, and um, I was so thirsty and so hungry that I was open to seek God. And so then, like I said, those around me would come up with all ideas of what this was and what it wasn't. And and I don't have to go back into all those examples, but um, they were... uh, just didn't have light or understanding, you know, lack of faith. And it really comes from two things. It's not knowing the word, or it's knowing it and not doing it, you know, uh, (laughs) not appropriating it. And so because uh, faith is actually doing something. And so... Uh, I, I had lack of faith because I didn't know the word. And so then I, uh, my friend's mother, long story short, we were at a little getaway and said, would you like to be filled with the spirit? And I said, well, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I just feel like I'm in church and I need to go to the altar. And as soon as I heard those words come out of my mouth, I said, yes, <laughs> yeah. because I was like, is this of the devil? Or is this of the Lord? Or what is this? And I had read some scriptures, but the, all the teaching I had before was like, you know, this isn't for today. But I'm thinking, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would it not be for today? And, but I didn't know what to do, and I never wanted to uh, quench the Holy Spirit. And so as soon as I heard those words, well, I knew the move of the Spirit in drawing people to come to the altar to come to the Lord. Yeah. And I said, okay, that was enough for me because yeah. it was the same Spirit. Yeah. The same spirit that I was born again with, that lived on the inside, then I received in fullness. Like I said, you can, like I just took a drink of water, but I'm still thirsty, so I'm not like full of water. Same thing when you get baptized in the spirit. So I got baptized in the spirit, but it happened because I was hungry, and so many things in our lives happen because we're hungry. And I said, uh, Smith Wigglesworth, who is such an inspiration. And, uh, you know, a minister from England back in the late 18, early 1900s, or to mid really, mid 1900s, and um, 13 people, the Lord raised 13 people from the dead through his ministry. Amazing, amazing uh, man of God. Uh, He said, I know of two, two different instances. He talked about ministers on the platform. He said, I'd much rather have someone on the platform that was not full of the Holy Spirit, but yet was hungry for the things of God than somebody that is filled with the Spirit or was filled with the Spirit, would be a better way to say it, but yet is not hungry. Mm. But he didn't, it was like a comma there. Of course, I'd rather have both. Yes. Amen. The point being, like you can have been filled with the Spirit, but you lost your hunger. You lost your passion. You lost your, your, your yearning for the things of God. Um, and um, then he said, in a congregation, he said, I never pastored a church. But if I ever did pastor a church, I'd much rather have a congregation full of people that were hungry for God and not full of the Spirit than those that were full of the Spirit but weren't hungry anymore. Because you see, like you could, you could have been filled with the Spirit and let the hunger die. Man, when you are hungry the Lord can work in your life. The Lord can do something with that. Because why? What happens when you're hungry like, or you're thirsty? You are reaching out. You are looking for the water fountain. You are looking for the rest stop, like where is some water, or if there's no rest stop, like one time I don't remember what it was, but it was cold, and there was no water in the car, and I wanted water, but the kids had spilled something and it formed ice, and I'm like, give me the ice, I need something for my to parch my thirst, and so you know, there's all kind of junk in that little, little, uh, you know, you got kids, but when you're thirsty you'll pass over a lot of inadequacies and a lot of things that you would never think of. (laughs) But when you're thirsty, it doesn't matter. It's like, get out of my way. You ever seen these uh, movies or even little pictures where somebody is in the desert, and they're parched, and then they see this mirage, and then they like start getting sand in their mouth because they got so hungry, they started to hallucinate, and they saw like this mirage and thought it's water, and uh, in that case, they're at the end of it, but normally what happens is you look across, I've been in the desert, and you look, and you're like, oh, there's some water over there, and so you walk like maybe a mile, and it's really hot and <laughs> terrible, and you're like, good, I'm getting closer, and you look up, and you're like, I am no closer to that water <laughs> than I was when I started, uh, because it's not there. But when you get thirsty, you actually break through things that, I, I, I don't know about you, but in my life, sometimes I, uh, I, I pray so much. I've prayed for years. It, actually, even before I was filled with the Spirit, I said, Lord, give me your perspective. I want to see the way you see. I want your insight." Because I notice, even with my own life, I can have things in my own life that are hindering me that I don't even know about. Like, I, I like Grace Ryerson Roos has a little book on the blood, and uh, in that book she has some confessions about the blood of Jesus. And one of my favorite confessions in there is she says, "I plead the blood of Jesus that prevents deception and aborts every attempt of the enemy to deceive me." Why is that important? Well, if you're deceived, you, by definition, you don't know you're deceived. <laughs> So you're thinking things are one way, not the other. So when you get hungry and you get thirsty, man, you can go beyond. Even like I said, I can be a thinker. So in that situation, when I went to get filled with the Holy Spirit, I was so hungry and so thirsty. All I needed was a go ahead from the Lord. As soon as I had that, because I had read the word and understand all of it. But as soon as I had that, I broke through all of that other thinking that would like hold me back. And that would stop me from receiving God's best and what he had planned for me. Because the whole time he had planned for me to do that. My wife, she's so blessed. She was born again. And as soon as she was born again, right afterwards, she got filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Evidence of speaking in other tongues. Just boom, like that. So she'll ask me sometimes, what is it like yeah. to be born again and not filled with the Spirit? I said, well, let me tell you. <laughs> because what happened was, The word of God, I loved the word, I I Bible quizzed on the word, and I liked the word, and I memorized the word, but when the spirit of reality came, he made the word so real to me, I thought, I have, I've never read this before. I should bring my Bible sometime that I had at that time because it has the highlights. And I can remember in Romans, we quizzed on Romans and James and Acts. And I can remember looking in Romans, Romans chapter one, verse eight. And I would look at it and I read it after I was full of the Holy Spirit, after I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And I thought, it, it, it was probably the Lord, you know, having fun with me yeah. <laughs> because I read it and I thought, I memorized that. Yeah. Yeah. I have never seen that. How could that be? And so I read it again. Mm -hmm. And I I was like, that is so good. (laughs) I'm like, but I have it memorized. I'm like, that is so good. And so, you know, what sometimes holds us up, the Lord really uses because then, you know, uh, because I'll think about stuff. I can, to this day, I use that. Mm -hmm. And I look back and like, what's the Lord saying? Because now I know, I don't know if this is the right vernacular, but. I know what it appears as if, or you could almost say what it feels like when I am grabbing the word mentally or grabbing it spiritually. I know like, okay, wait a minute. This didn't have, yeah, I know what I can quote it. So I could quote word to you that I have like right now, because I'm ministering and yielding to the anointing, it would be, I'd have to stop in order to quote it to you what I memorize with my mind, but I could quote it to you out of my spirit. I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation for the Jew first and also for the Gentile for in it a righteousness from God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. But that didn't come from here. But even as I hear myself say those words I can mentally sort of like pick up a little bit. Oh yeah I remember that remember that. But what happens is if while I'm uh, flowing with the Holy Ghost like that if I start to get too mental about it then what will happen? Well I'll, I'll kind of like it's almost like oh uh, wait a minute. <clears throat> Uh, it's almost like being in outer space in a spacesuit, and you start to step outside of the space suit. You're like, I need to get back in the spacesuit. <laughs> so if you ever hear a minister, I remember Dad Hagen would do this sometimes. He, you know, he, he would start to uh, prophesy and then he would pause and do a little teaching. And sometimes he would, if he said like something funny or something, might get him distracted. And he'd say, hold on, let me get my tongue hooked back up with my spirit. And the way you do that, one of the easiest ways to do that is to pray in other tongues. And so you just pray in other tongues, all of a sudden you're just like, why? Because you're praying to God and not to men, and he gives you the words to speak. He gives you, it's not just words, he gives you the utterance. Utterance is such a good word, because it's more than just the words. Because it can be groanings, it can be yearnings, it can be um, cries. He gives you the utterance, but you have to do the speaking. And so, when you get hungry and when you get thirsty, things can change. And um, I guess I'll go ahead and say this because all week while I've been meditating on this and preparing for the message, this prophecy just keeps coming back to me again and again and again. And um, I'll just quote the first part of it. But uh, back in 2008, I was an associate pastor at a church in Michigan and um, was really unconsciously led to go to a meeting down at, um, I think it was Rob Thompson's church in Chicago area, and um, went to the church, and uh, Pastor Mark Hankins was there, and we had just gotten to know them at that time, not even very well, I didn't even realize he he knew my name, and um, so... He just starts prophesying over some people, and there's probably two or 3,000 people there, and I'm probably like 25, we say 25 rows back or something like that. We had little Evie, and so she was needing some extra attention, so Melody was out in the hallway. (laughs) And all of a sudden, I hear, come over here, Tim. And I look up, and I thought, he's like, you know, I'm like, oh, he's talking to me. I didn't know he knew me. (laughs) I mean, he knew me, but you know, my name, we remember my name. And so I go up in front of all these people and I'm thinking, what is this? And all of a sudden he started to prophesy. And he said, the reason that you're thirsty and the reason that you're hungry is because the time has come for things to change. And so that you'll make the change and you'll enter into the ministry that I've called you to before you were born. And he went on and on and on. I think I told you and your husband that this week. And um, it's just been stirring in my spirit all week while I'm doing this series. And uh, I remember at the time what was going on and um, life was pretty good. I didn't have like big troubles or trials and I would preach on Wednesday sometimes. And, um, but I had a, a yearning and a desire in my heart. Well, right before we went to that meeting in the car, I'm, and I didn't bring the transcript, I I could read you more of it, whatever, but um, I was telling Melody, my wife, I am so thirsty, and I am so hungry, and there's some things like, I I can't explain this to you, and like verbatim, word for word, the Lord put that utterance in his mouth, and it came out, and it put, it doesn't always like this, but I was like, and you know, I I didn't intend to think about, talk about thinking so much today, but anyhow. 'Cause I'm a thinker. I was sitting there, I'm like, I haven't talked to him. <laughs> Did Melody call them? Like, she does she doesn't call them, they don't talk, you know. I don't even know if we had their numbers at this point, but and so I'm like, what you know, so my mind, what's happening? I'm trying to figure out the supernatural and you know, blow your mind. That's my, I said before service, you know, we kind of review some of the messages from the previous weeks and stuff. And really what we do is we want to go over what the Lord has said to you in the service, because if you let those things slip, you won't benefit from it. But if you take and say, you know what? This is what the Holy Ghost said to me. This is what he impressed on my heart. It might be something that you heard me say. It might be something that you just heard the Holy Ghost say, uh, because he'll teach you if you're open to him. And, um, and so I said, I think my favorite part of this series is uh, that the Holy Spirit will blow your mind. Like, he'll blow past your mind, blow past your mental limitations. (laughs) B.B. Hankins said, you know, if you listen to the Holy Spirit, he'll make you look smart. If you don't, you'll just look average. (laughs) (laughs) So most people want to look smart. Um, But what we have to do is let Jesus be Lord even of our thoughts. You know, you may have accepted Jesus as Lord of your life. Uh, but sometimes we want to, like, keep our thoughts, you know. Yeah. But really, we need to think his thoughts after him. And then we'll actually start to say his words. Yeah. And when we think his thoughts and say his words and believe those, we'll start to have what he says Jesus paid for us to have. Because the the reality is we have... Um, in Christ realities that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. There's like 131 you could 134 depending on how you read them and, and what you do with them. But there are so many in Christ realities in the New Testament, particularly in the epistles that you'll find that this is amazing. And you look and you could judge your life according to those in Christ realities and you say, but I don't experience that I don't feel like when I go through prayer and call to God, I don't feel like I'm as close as what Brother Hagin was or Kenneth Copeland or Billy Graham. In other words, like, I'd really like to tell them my request, the ones that are still on the earth, (laughs) so that they could take it to the Lord for me. Well you realize uh, it's wonderful to have agreement in prayer but you and I through the blood of Jesus we have the same rapport, the same access to God not as those men and women but as Jesus Christ himself. And they have the same access as Christ. Like the Bible says to compare yourselves among yourselves is not wise. So we don't want to be unwise. But we want to be wise. Well, why is that? Well, you can see someone, but if you like, if they are your like top, well, you're probably not going to fulfill and do what you're supposed to do because you're always looking here. We're supposed to look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And so, you know, we, we, I'm so thankful we travel with uh, uh, Kenneth Hagan, senior, for the last two years. He was here on the earth, and what a tremendous experience, and what a tremendous time! And I learned so much. Well, because Jesus, when He ascended on high, He gave gifts to men—prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers—for the work of the ministry, till we all be built up, come to unity of faith, the knowledge of the Son of God. And so we need the fivefold ministry, but they are not my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And Jesus, I like how T.L. Osborne says, he says some people like there, and, and okay, there is a truth there. Um, you know, Brother Hagin would lay hands on people and the anointed would come on them. There would be blessing, and that is a truth. But sometimes people, you know, the devil will take anything. He's not creative at all. He has no new ideas. He just says, Oh, I'll take that and I'm going to twist it. Right. Yeah. Okay? so he like twists it and so I like what Brother Osborne he said some people they're like going around seeking a minister to bless them lay hands on them and bless them seeking a blessing he's like, he's like I go straight to headquarters I go straight to God my Father and I say you have the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God is in me now anoint me and prepare me he's like I don't want what he say he would say, I don't want any secondhand anointing <laughs> well I don't want a second hand anointing either but you've got to have it in balance. You understand God uses people, and he anoints people. And there is a reason that if you honor that anointing, and there's a doctrine, one of the ma- six doctrines that you find in Hebrews of the church is the laying on of hands. And Jesus even laid hands on children and blessed them. And Paul laid hands on people, and they got filled with the Holy Spirit. And really so manifest, so manifest was the Spirit of God on Paul that he would, his shadow, if it was just his shadow passed by, that people would be affected. Well, that's not just for Paul. Uh, I heard one minister one time, and he's like, I love to find stuff like that in the word or find people that have responded to the word and say like, well, if they did that, God is no respecter of person. If he did it for them, he'll do it for me. And so you look and you say like, God is my standard, God is my goal. And when you have a heart hunger, he will feed you. I'll I'll finish out with this. I've said so many times, if the word is like uh, not life to you, If the word is not real to you, read Psalm 119. Psalm 119. And I'll finish with that because it's my favorite Psalm. Psalm 119. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. Don't get scared. Don't get scared of anybody. (laughs) We're going to read verse 127 and 128. Psalm 119, verse 127 and 128. I'll read in the King James translation. Therefore I love your commandments above okay that's one thing to love them. I love your commandments above gold. Now that's one thing to love them above gold. Yes above fine gold. So purified gold. And here's my favorite verse. Therefore I esteem all of your precepts you know, you know what a precept is? It's like a, a rule, a way to live, a structure to live by. Their precepts, they're from the Word. In other words, it's like your, your promises from the Word, your guardrails from the Word, the structure of the Word concerning all things, right there, all things to be right. I esteem all of your precepts concerning all things to be right. Well, what, think about that for a second. What is esteem? I regard very highly. I esteem it very highly. When you esteem something highly, it's actually above other things, right? You could even say like in Ephesians where we're seated with him in heavenly places far above all these other things, all these other thoughts, all these other attacks, all these other options, I esteem. So he says, I esteem your precepts above all things to be right. Well, the reason I love this verse is I don't know everything, (laughs) in case you didn't realize. (laughs) But I know his word is right. Uh, I don't remember which exact verse it is, but I'll just touch on it for a second. In Psalm 119, there's a verse that says, there is no end to the perfection of your word. It says there's an end end to the perfection of all things. In other words, you can have like, I was thinking about this last week, you can have the perfect car. Man, you ordered it. It's brand new. I haven't done this yet, but I'll do it someday. (laughs) You can order it, it's brand new, got the color you want, got leather if you want leather, cloth if you want cloth, a sunroof, moonroof, whatever, gadgets, and it comes off uh, the production line and they deliver it to you and it is brand spanking new, I guarantee you can find an imperfection in that thing. Now, you can think, and I, I do this when I would do uh, premarital counseling, I don't care what he looks like, I don't care what she looks like you will find an imperfection in their body. Okay? So remind yourself of that next time you see in the mirror. Like, you're just like everybody else. You know, beauty is only skin deep. True beauty actually comes from the heart. And you'll notice someone that wouldn't have what the world's proportions are supposed to be. Man, if they are full of the Holy Ghost and full of the love of God and it just oozes out of them, you don't even notice what they look like. And so I esteem your work concerning all things to be right. In other words, I don't care if it, like if I see it in the word and it doesn't make sense to me and it wasn't what I was taught, I'm choosing your word. That happened to me being filled with the Holy Spirit. More from ignorance than from, uh, you know, saying it was of the devil, but some people did say that. And I hate every false way. And so I was thinking about that verse this week. I wasn't even thinking about it for this message, but like I say, it's one of my favorite verses. And so uh, the Holy Spirit just said in my heart, he just said, I saw, I hate every false way. And I had a witness in my heart, like, why don't you say that? When a thought comes that's contrary to the word, why don't you just declare it? Why don't you just say, with, out of your heart, you just let it well up and say, I hate every false way. And that's a false way. That's not the word. I, don't, I hate it. Because before I'd be like, no, I don't pay attention to that. No, the psalmist inspired by the spirit of God said, I hate every false way. And I love right ways and I esteem right ways. And so that's just a little sampling. I mean, you know, it says the word is sweeter than honey to my mouth. It's more precious than another place than thousands of gold and silver. And so, I mean... God came in the flesh in the form of Jesus Christ. He knows what you're going through. You don't think he was tempted by riches and power? Remember the devil took him up, said, look, all these kingdoms, all their wealth, it could be yours. He was tempted. And so, you know, we put Jesus and even the disciples, other people in this other category. But, you know, they, God was made flesh. And lived among us as one of us, yet without sin, thank God, so he could pay the price. And give us an example. But he lived among us. And so when you have a tendency to want to prioritize financially the incorrect thing, or do something you shouldn't do with your money, Jesus had that same temptation. In other words, you know, one thing for a lot of people is, uh, Paul said, "To tell those that are rich in this world. Don't put your trust in uncertain riches. Well, why would that be? Well, because if you're rich, you have a tendency to do that. And the more riches you have, the more you tend to do that. But like I said before, here in America, uh, we're all pretty much rich. I mean, I was reading about Ethiopia a month or two ago. And I think the, av- the average yearly income is $300. So look at your income compared to that. I would venture to say you're probably pretty wealthy, or at least you're average for Ethiopia. I'll bet you're more than double average, triple average. And so um, when you hunger and thirst for righteousness, Jesus said you will be filled. So as you stand with me this week, really the rest of your life It's up to you whether you're hungry and whether you're thirsty. I've noticed, I just decided, I'm going to let that hunger stir in me. And I know enough to know, like, how do I do that? I can't do it myself. I go to the Word. And I find what I want, I meditate on, and I speak. And all of a sudden, it comes to pass. And so... um, as you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you're filled. As you hunger and thirst for the word, you'll find you have an insatiable desire for the word. That you just like, I have to have the word. I have to have the word. But you don't ever want the word without the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of reality, Jesus told us. And he will take the things of Christ. He said, the things of mine. Jesus, quoting Jesus. He said, I'll, he'll take the things of mine, speaking of the Holy Spirit, and show them unto you or reveal them unto you. And Jesus called him the spirit of reality. So he's the spirit that makes the things of Christ real. Yeah. Like Some people are like, do you believe all that stuff? Oh, yes, I do, because <laughs> I'm way beyond myself here. I've got the Holy Spirit. He makes it real. And trust me, it's more real than that chair that you could sit down in. It's more tested, more tried, more true. The psalmist said in Psalm 119, I have tested your word, and I found that there are no impurities in your word. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, you, don't have to, you can't clean yourself up. You don't have to clean yourself up. Uh, you come the way you are. Jesus died for you and for me while we were still messing up, while we were still sinners. He paid the price. He loved you in your most unlovable state. If that's you this morning and you're listening online or you're here, email us. At, info at If you're listening online, if you're here, just slip up your hand and I'll pray with you and for you. In an instant of time, God will save you. He'll come to live inside of you. If you're here or listening and you'd like to be filled with the Spirit and you've not been filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you come down here or email us and we'll pray with you and for you. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And if you have been filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18 says, Be being filled you got to be in that continual state. Well, you don't have to be, but that's the best way to live. And he wants the best for you and for me. So I'm just going to pray a prayer corporately over all of us here and everyone listening. And if you agree with it, you just agree and you say amen and you receive. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for giving us a hunger and a thirst for your word that only you and your word could fill and could quench. Father, we thank you that your word endures and remains and is alive and powerful and it penetrates all of our thoughts and intents and goes beyond our emotions. Father, we thank you for your word planted deep within our heart that we have received today. Father, we ask for a fresh infilling of your spirit. That as we draw near to you, you give us a fresh infilling. That you fill us even right now full and overflowing. That you fill us and that we're able to go beyond our thoughts, beyond our abilities, beyond our ways, and that we walk out and remain walking where you give us light and where you give us revelation and where you give us understanding. I pray that your word would be so real to us That when we wake up in the morning, it's right there before us. That when we go to bed at night, it's right there before us. That when we wake up in the middle of the night, we think about it. We think about you. That we yearn and we desire you, Father, so that you can move through us, that you can use us. And we declare it's no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in this body, I live by faith in your Son who loved us and gave himself for us. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen.